Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome on in, everybody. 2023 Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We have missed you, all of you across this great land now for many days. Clay and I are both back with you now from our respective vacations, and we have a ton to get to. We are looking forward to breaking it all down for you today here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We will dive into this situation in Congress right now, underway as we speak, getting new sound bites and new updates. Will Kevin McCarthy be the next Speaker of the House? Or will something else happen? This is what is at the uh, the top of the political agenda right now. Uh, we also, uh, Clay is going to break down what happened last night, a really uh, gut-wrenching scene from, Sun, uh, from Monday Night Football uh, involving a player who is still in critical condition and uh, what's going on around that, a lot of the discussions, obviously a lot of prayers up for that individual and his family. Uh, we have the promise later on, at some point, Clay, not yet disclosed, of the Fauci Twitter files, which I know you and I are excited about, because there's a lot going on, despite Fauci stepping down from the eons he spent as the highest paid, I like to remind everybody of this, the highest paid federal government employee. There are millions of employees of the federal government. Fauci was the most highly paid. It's not because he was... Such an awesome guy who was right so much of the time. We can be certain about that one. Um, but there are masks returning in a lot of places. There's new information coming out about the latest boosters, vaccines, etc. We will break that all down for you. Uh, Clay, let, let's let's jump into this one because this had been building for a while. We knew this was going to happen. We had Kevin McCarthy on the show before the uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's holiday um, or the holiday season. And he, he was making the case pretty clearly on this show, if not me, then whom? 
which I think that there, there are a few different layers, a few different points to keep in mind here, right? There's the what is the goal of this? There is, in my mind at least, you know, a little bit of shoving, a little bit of elbowing with a new Congress after a disappointing midterm election cycle. And I'm sure you saw there were there were breakdowns of exactly it, additional breakdowns of why the polls were off the way that they were and why everybody was expecting a different result looking at the polls. But the conversation we can get into later. And then there's the outside chance that this thing, I mean, the 118th Congress with a number of GOP holdouts could for the first time since 1923 go into multiple ballots many times over this would only have occurred i think a total of uh 14 times in our nation's history 13 of those times happened before the civil war so it's been a while uh clay are you concerned at all that this could backfire people are saying Oh, my gosh, what if we ended up with a Democrat as Speaker of the House because of this infighting? Or is this good? you got to throw some elbows. you got to get the locker room a little bit uh, on their on their toes. This I don't know the answer to whether this is good or bad. Um, it's messy. And I think, in general, there's a belief that things that are messy are bad. But sometimes that's not true, right? Uh, sometimes a fight is necessary in order to get things clarified. And so what what would be the absolute worst-case scenario is somehow Republicans so bungle this that Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat majority leader right now, ended up as the speaker. I find the chances... I, 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 Buck, I find it inconceivable that Republicans could be so incompetent that they could blow their majority and end up with a... Uh, with a sort of uh, some sort of middle ground where you end up with Hakeem Jeffries as the speaker. So I don't foresee that being possible, but I am concerned that the longer this continues, the more of a mess it might end up being. And if that were to occur, that it just makes the Republican Party look even more incompetent. There's a lot of anger. I think, out there over the 2022 midterms. And what exactly the message was and why we only won the House and did not win the Senate, and that, I think, is undergirding much of this uh, discord that right now exists in the House. I think that, it, that that's that's why when people are asking me, they're saying, well, what do you think of this? And it's uh, isn't it the, the, the Zen master, right? This is also, remember in uh, Charlie Wilson's War, yeah. You know, he gets the horse and, you know, then he breaks his leg. And is this a good thing? Oh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Is this sensible politics? Uh, is this a good idea for the GOP right now? If it puts Speaker, uh, Mc- would be Speaker McCarthy on notice that the, uh, the Freedom Caucus has some expectations that the machinery will change a little bit. I think that could be useful down the line. I also don't want to overpromise and underdeliver here for any of us with what can really happen. The Democrats have the Senate. The Democrats have the presidency. Not changing for two years. The best they can do is stand athwart the craziness and speak to the American people about what a positive agenda would look like. Right? Well, Clay, well, what, are, what are they going to give everybody? What are they going to do if power is given back to them? in 2024 so obviously all roads now for the republicans lead to that decision 
There are limitations. I know they're going to they're going to do a lot of investigations. Some of it, I think, is important because it's ongoing issue. Right. For example, uh, the covid vaccine issue, which we'll talk about a lot today. Uh, Looking into that is important. Uh, It's important because. I don't even know what booster we're supposed to be getting now. If we're, you know, I don't even know, Buck. We've talked about this kind of made jokes. I never got a shot. So if I let's presume that suddenly Dr. Fauci took control of my mind like Jedi style, would I be supposed to go get five shots? Like, would I have to spend the next six months like spacing these shots out? Or could I just jump straight to the bivalent or whatever it is, Omicron? Because there's no reason to get an alpha, you know, shot at all, right? Fauci would tell you, Clay, you have two arms, one for each series of three inoculations against COVID. This is what. No, I mean, it it makes no sense. None of this is adding up anymore. But it it is remarkable. I think the media is a little quieter um, about. Let's dive into some of that COVID stuff a little bit later, because uh, we've been shooting messages back and forth. Masks. The the Wall Street Journal mass making comeback. The Wall Street Journal asking the question, is it possible that there is a selection process being made naturally by the virus in response to the the very rapid pace of booster and you know vaccine then booster? I agree with you. Calling this a vaccine is we Can't don't do call it, it a flu vaccine. That, that's it's ridiculous. And I do think the language needs to change on that. But bring it bring us back to uh, to the McCarthy fight for a second. I mean, here is Lauren Boebert, who won a a pretty stunning victory, given that she was counted counted out um, early on in the vote counting process. Here is Lauren Boebert telling everybody that she she's not voting for McCarthy, and she's not the only one, and this thing could go to a whole bunch of votes. Play it. The deal was rejected, and as it stands, I will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy. So so she's not alone there. Clay, you know, Matt Gates also coming out and saying that you don't drain the swamp by filling the swamp, something along those lines. Um, I, I un- again, I understand the anger, although let's keep in mind, Republicans did win the House. Right. So let's not create a situation where the one thing that really other there's Florida, there's the GOP House and there's a handful of other things that went right. And let's not give away the things that went right because we didn't get all the things we wanted. Yeah, and I think also it's important to remember a lot of this is still negotiation. And let's play cut one because Kevin McCarthy said, hey, Matt Gates said he'd be okay with Akeem Jeffries, who is the Democrat majority leader, becoming speaker. Uh, let's listen to that, but let's also keep in mind that that is something you say, I think, that you don't actually mean, right? I don't believe that Matt Gates legitimately believes that or means that. I really don't. But let's listen to this. Cut one. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes. If I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels, to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where, one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country. And that's fine with me. You know, Clay, they'd be in a stronger position here. And you you and I know and like some of the, the members who are involved here, you know, like like them on a personal level. Uh, Anna Paulina Luna, new member from 
uh, from Florida, who was one of the nine who signed the letter saying, look, we're, we're not just going forward with McCarthy here. There's negotiation to be had. We know Lauren Boebert. And there's a, there's obviously a, a handful of others, um, actually more than a handful of others, who have a problem with McCarthy at this phase. Steve Scalise, for example, he would be the alternative to McCarthy, right? Are, are you getting a different outcome, really, from Steve Scalise being the Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy? I, I think the answer is no. And if you go then to Stefanik, she's certainly more liberal. You know, she's more more Democrat leaning on a bunch of issues than either McCarthy or Scalise. So, you know, you, you got to have a plan, right? If, if you're going to charge the hill, so to speak, well, that kind of makes sense in a number of ways here. But you got to have a plan. You don't want to just get again uh, get pushed right down. So I'm not really clear on what they think they can accomplish other than the messaging and maybe some concessions. But it looks like those concessions from McCarthy just aren't he's not going to sign on to anything that artificially constrains him as speaker. Right. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And and I think that's where most people out there are sitting around. This to me feels like feels like a lot of the uh, negotiations when you're like, hey, are we going to raise the debt ceiling? Yeah, eventually the debt ceiling is going to get raised, right? You might shut down the government for a week or 10 days, maybe, but it's not like it's not going to get resolved at some point. That's where I come around on this, and and I think your point is well taken here. For the average person out there listening to us, what is the practical difference between Kevin McCarthy in the Speaker's chair and between, let's say, Steve Scalise in the Speaker's chair? I know it matters a great deal to those individuals, but in terms of their practical ability to get things done, Buck, I don't, I don't think it changes anything because we have to keep in mind, basically the House of Representatives exists now as a, uh, as, as, as just a roadblock. A That's break on the do. crazy. They're That's just right. the brakes on the crazy train. They don't get to direct where the train goes. They don't get to control where the train stops. They just get to be a roadblock. And is there very much difference in McCarthy as a roadblock or Scalise as a roadblock? Based on what I have seen, the answer is no. Maybe we're we're missing something. We've reached out to some of those nine that are saying, hey, we're not going to vote for McCarthy. They have an open forum to come on this program and explain to us what we are missing. They are in the middle of this battle right now. Uh, But right now, I don't see as being a tangibly massive difference between the two. Haven't heard from any of you, our friends, all across the country. So 800-282-2882, if you got some passionate thoughts on this battle for the speaker's gavel, that kind of rhymed, uh, please do call us, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you later on in this hour. A lot more coming up here on COVID, and, and also uh, Matt, Matt Gates. we mentioned him. He's got a soundbite out right now on Benghazi and oversight and, oh, my. These uh these members of the house they're they're pushing they're pushing each other a bit. It's interesting to watch this play out. But you know, if one of your goals this year is to do business with companies that share your values, you got to hop on the Pure Talk train. Pure Talk is my cell phone company and it is the antidote to woke wireless. They're proudly veteran-owned, they employ a US-based customer service team and refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. Their phone service is amazing, too. Pure Talk's coverage is on one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data talk and text for just $30 a month. That's probably half of what you're paying at Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, 
Pure Talk has a first first month risk free guarantee. Try it. If you're not completely happy with Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. So grab your cell phone and dial these four digits pound two five zero. Say Clay and Buck, and you'll be connected to the Pure Talk customer service team. Save an additional fifty percent off your first month. Again, dial pound two five zero and say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for hanging with us from all across the nation. I'm here in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. For the Governor Ron DeSantis inauguration, Clay will be joining me here later on today. It is a joyous day in Tallahassee for those gathered because uh, the governor has shown such great results and great promise going forward. So we'll try to share some uh, video and photos and things later on today with all of you uh, as the events are happening here. Florida obviously was a big, bright red spot in this last election cycle and it's one of the things that those of us who believe in conservatism and freedom and rule of law and the constitution can point to as a big a big win in an otherwise disappointing midterm election um but clay and i were talking to you oh we we will be getting into the latest on this uh idaho uh this idaho slaying of four college students by somebody who allegedly by somebody who is uh, currently in custody right now, we have a forensics expert to join because that that case rattled a lot of people. I mean, Clay and I, we had we had people from Moscow, Idaho calling in saying 
uh, people were terrified, didn't want to go back to school in the area. And, you know, and you, you had a clearly a, a psycho killer on the loose and perhaps now is in custody, uh, allegedly in custody. Certainly a lot of things lining up. We'll get into that. But, Clay, you know, there are these these headlines just in the last 24 hours uh, back on the covid front for a moment. Omicron offshoot XBB 1.5 could drive new COVID-19 surge in the U.S. That's CNN. Sky News, new COVID variant could be the one to watch out for in 2023 after surge in cases. That's Sky News there. Uh, NBC News, XBB 1.5 subvariant. CDC reports new Omicron strain taking over. Now, there's a lot to work through here. First of all, though, the wokeness in naming of virus this this was inevitable some of us said that this was this was coming you know people's minds work in a certain way when you give something a name it's pretty easy to remember right this is the virus that is named for a region or this is named for a a condition that it produces whatever it may be i think it's going to be hard to keep track of xbb Point one, point five, point seven, nine two fiver. I mean, this is getting crazy in and of itself because we don't want to name it after a place or a thing or an animal, right? Because that's always a problem. Oh, you're you're stigmatizing the virus or the whatever. That's one part of this. But Clay, this Wall Street Journal editorial that came out over the weekend, you know, it's an editorial, it's not in the hard news section. Are vaccines fueling new COVID variants? The virus appears to be evolving in ways that evade immunity. I just want to start with this. We can get us on the details here. You and I are both fascinated by this piece. This was one of the things that in the whole vaccine debate, you would get the most furious backlash. And people were... We're particular. All of a sudden, even people that were willing to say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not so into mandates," they would, they would allow you to have that discussion because obviously the mandates were obscene and wrong. But even people that were a little would waffle on that one. The moment you said, "Well, hold on, what about the possibility of downside from the biggest mass inoculation in the history of the planet with a with a uh, experimental drug?" Right. What about the downside for the virus or for its mutations or for the selection process? Clay, I think that was one of the biggest third rails of this. And now here we are. A year later, people are able to talk about it again because of the data. Here's a couple of paragraphs from this Wall Street Journal article that I think is worth sharing. And I'd encourage you all. I think you've shared it. I've shared it. You can find it at Buck Sexton. You can find it at Clay Travis. If you want to read this this full editorial piece inside the Wall Street Journal yourself, but I'm reading directly from it. A study this month in the journal Cell found that antibody levels of people who'd received four shots were 145 times as high against uh, the original Wuhan strain as the XBB variant. A bivalent booster only slightly increased antibodies against this new variant, XBB. Experts nevertheless claim boosters improve protection against this new variant xbb directly quoting that's disinformation to use their favored term and again there are studies out there that suggest that the more covid shots you get 
the more likely you are to actually get COVID. And this is the worst case scenario, right? Because one thing to say, well, if you get the COVID shot, you're a little bit protected, or at least it won't have any negative impact on you. There are now datas, uh, sets that are reflecting, Buck, that the more of these shots you got, in other words, if you are the mask wearing, you've gone out and gotten five or six shots, far from making yourself safer, you've actually made yourself more likely well, Clay, to get COVID. Is it a well-fitting mask? That's always <laughs> yeah. now the mark of the, of the, of the, of the holdout lunatic. It's, well, it's a well-fitting mask. We went through single mask, cloth mask, double mask, N95 mask. Now it's, the well-fitting mask is 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 the uh, that's always the 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 tip-off, kind of like the pronouns in the bio, right? Yeah. You know, you know, who you're dealing with when they say it's a well-fitting mask. Clay, you brought up worst-case scenario, and I want to be clear: this is worst-case scenario that we are we have not seen and do not have the data for yet. This is not happening now. Could this happen in the future? We're talking worst-case scenario. You brought up that this makes it more likely. Some of these studies are showing it is more likely you will get COVID the more shots you've had. That is what the data suggests. This is from the Wall Street Journal, just to be clear out there for, you know, media matters and whoever's going to come after us all for this. Okay. The really worst, worst-case scenario would be something that we'd mentioned before on the show, for which there is no real evidence now, which would be antibody-dependent enhancement of some kind, where it's actually it makes it easier for you to get an extreme infection after inoculation that does exist in some cases in in nature that has not happened here. But if you're still talking worst-case scenario, let me read from this Wall Street Journal editorial. Such rapid and simultaneous emergence of multiple variants with enormous growth advantages is unprecedented, according to a December 19 study in the journal Nature. As respected as journals you'll find anywhere, under selective evolutionary pressures, the virus appears to have developed mutations that enable it to transmit more easily and escape antibodies elicited by vaccines and prior infections. Okay, end quote. Here's what is being raised as a possibility in the Wall Street Journal on this editorial page, linking to nature, which is as as we said, as this is like, you know, the Lancet, nature. New England Journal of Medicine, these are the ones that everybody, even not in the medical community, knows. Clay, what you're talking about, more shots equals more likely to get infected. That is a thesis right now, but it's a thesis for a substantially less dangerous version of COVID, which is why it's not, even if that's true, it's not a five-alarm fire. It brings up a lot of questions about the vaccines and the mandates and everything else, to be sure, but it's not oh, my God, what are we going to do, time? Because the virus has become much less uh, dangerous, trying not to say much less virulent, much less dangerous overall compared to what it was. The problem, going back to worst-case scenario, is if it is evolving specifically in response at an accelerated rate to the vaccines, if we stay on this vaccine, 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 booster, booster, booster schedule, you may be training in the future a more dangerous version of the virus. Again, not saying we are there, not saying that will happen, but that is the worst-case scenario that you can extrapolate from the current data as a possibility. And, Buck, the interesting part about what you are laying out is one of their initial demands for why there had to be a mandate was 
because the people who don't get the shot are going to lead to the creation of new variants. Now we might be looking at the exact opposite of that, where the people who get the shots more are actually accelerating the creation of more variants. And this is what Berenson, Alex Berenson, who was on with us right before Christmas, wrote about in one of his most recent substacks, which is Japan, which is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, and also, Buck, one of the countries that has been most likely to wear those tightly fitting masks throughout this entire process, is right now setting new nearly all-time highs for COVID deaths. If the vaccines, and I don't even think we can use the term vaccine anymore, I think we should just call them the COVID shot. If the COVID shots worked in any kind of significant way, what is occurring in Japan would be impossible, right? Because if you have 98% COVID shot uptake, then and you also have everybody wearing masks, then literally this is the fever dream of the Fauciites of the world Everybody got the COVID shot. Everybody wears right the right kind of mask, and yet deaths are are still skyrocketing. And, and I, I would want to know, and I wonder now if we can have extra because you, you know you and I we know we know we know we don't know right, and and we're just trying to think these things through based on the data and based on being two guys who spend a lot of time reading and thinking about these issues. Maybe there will start to be some experts who don't have you know, and I mean true medical experts who don't have five Ukraine flags and preferred pronouns, and six little vaccine needles in their Twitter bio who will come forward and answer questions like, if this is true, and it certainly seems, you know, you just can you can do this intuitively. You can understand what you just said about Japan. What is their explanation Explain for it. Yes, Ex- explain exactly right. to us in a way that everybody, because, you know, public health policy is actually about the public understanding. This is one thing that was completely abandoned during COVID. If you really want to deal with a pandemic, you not only have to have good information, you have to have good information that the public understands and will act on instead of trying to repeatedly be wrong and force. They were wrong, they forced more. They were wrong, they pushed even harder. Because if what we're seeing is true, that the shots, the COVID shots, in booster form, rapidly administered, in a way that even outpaces what we see with flu season, right, or, or with the flu shot. Now they're trying to do these sort of shots that are multiple things and whatever. If they're wrong-footing immune system so that you're more likely to get infected and also even having a slightly less capable immune response, it might take five years. It might take 15 years. But if this cycle continues on and we do get the dangerous variant that they promised us could happen if we didn't get enough shots. Yep. That they always said was a possibility. Oh, the super dangerous variant could come if you don't get all the shots. Well, are we setting ourselves up for, and like I said, five or ten years from now, the variant comes along that is more dangerous. Maybe it's natural in that it's more dangerous, but we are less capable of dealing with it, or rather those who got booster number 10, booster number 15. I would want someone to explain this slowly and clearly, who has the background so that we can all understand? Because what they've told us up, to, you know what we have? We have a let's come back just to we have a great montage yes. of what and, they have been saying about this for anybody who's like, well, you guys don't know the people who said they knew they didn't know crap. That's important. What's also important here is, you know, what people are actually doing, Buck? They're voting with their own decisions on the boosters because hardly anybody's getting them now. So we they may not admit it. But I think the uptake on this bivalent is only like 20% of the American population is actually getting it. 
So we might get the benefit of everybody finally saying, hey, this is not working. Uh, let's just go ahead and abandon they it. Will, we'll they will bury, it. you and I know this, though, they will bury and or slow roll that data because now we have a control group, 80% yes. of the American people. And hopefully all of you listening right now are certainly not getting your young children these shots. Please, please, please don't do that. Uh, it's a new year. And you know what we need in this country? More testosterone. We need more men who are happy to be men. Less beta males like everybody we're seeing inside of the White House. You know how I can get a little bit more energy, a little bit more vim, vigor, vitality? How about getting hooked up right now with chalk? Chalk put a lot of time into researching herbal ingredients that would give you a natural boost of energy. They lab test every product twice to ensure purity and potency, and they're going after something that's significant. Testosterone levels in the average man have dropped 50% over the last several decades. How crazy is that? 50%. That's scary. You can learn more about what chalk can do to put back your natural vitality by going right now to choq.com. If you use my name, Clay, you get 35% off any chalk subscription for the life of your subscription. Not a week, not a month, not even a year. The life of your chalk subscription. CHOQ.com is the website. Use my name in the purchase price, Clay. That's CHOQ.com. Put some testosterone back in your life and save 35% in the process at CHOQ.com. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We wanted to update you with the latest on this uh, case of the four college students who were brutally murdered uh, with a knife in Moscow, Idaho. We know that there is an individual in custody. We want to know how are they able to find them, to the best of our ability to figure this out, and what is the, at this stage, the gravity of the evidence against him, the totality of it against him. Joseph Scott Morgan is with us now. He's a distinguished scholar of applied forensics. Um, and, uh, Joseph, appreciate you, you joining us once again. I know you got a chance to speak to Clay. Tell everybody where this stands right now. I mean, what, how are they able to track this individual down based on the news reports, based on what we've seen? Hey, fellas. Uh, how are y'all? Happy New Year. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, that. The reality is, is that they have some type of physical evidence at this point in time that's going to be a biological tieback on this, on this subject. My understanding at this point, there's been a lot of back and forth relative to DNA evidence. We don't know exactly how they, how they acquired it. We've heard that the scene, uh, was just, uh, saturated in blood. So I think that that's, kind of a starting point for us. We don't know at this point, obviously, if he was injured in this assault. Remember, this is a sharp-edged weapon that this uh, fellow was using. And many times, in my experience at least, you have these events where subjects will cut themselves, and you'll have this kind of what's referred to as commingling of blood. And if that's the case, they would have had to have separated out all of the DNA profiles, you know, obviously you've got known profiles. You've got these poor victims, the four young people that were killed. You know them. There were the two down in the basement. I'm sure that they probably did 
cheek swabs and buccal mucosal swabs on them. They'd be eliminating any of their intimate partners. And then uh, you'll wind up with unknowns from within the house. And it's at that point in time, it gets a bit more complicated. They have to try to suss that out and try to understand who this unknown is. And talk around the campfire, at least at this point in time that we're kind of hearing, is that that they may have used uh, genetic uh, genealogy here, which, uh, you know, they're looking for common ancestors, essentially, somebody that has submitted a DNA sample to one of these companies to try to figure out their path. So so just kind of jump in just to make sure that I'm clear. So you're saying then, Joseph, it is possible. I know you're not saying this, but you've heard that the break in this case may be related to somebody doing Ancestry.com, 23andMe, et cetera, and them able to track from that. Is that is that the theory? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the drift right now. You know, there are those cases that are out there because this guy is not the subject. The accused is not in a database. He's not in CODIS. You know, he's not a prior sex offender or anything like that. So he didn't have a profile, you know, uh, on board. Uh, so you, you, you start with an unknown at this point in time. Uh, you know, I thought, uh, I think many of us were thinking, in my field at least, you know, kind of kicking around some of my colleagues and I, you know, kind of thinking about this. Sometimes you'll have these cases where, you know, they'll put a team on you and they're watching you. They suspect that you might be this person. They have unknown DNA at the, at the scene. And then you leave a cup laying around or a straw or a napkin, you know, and once, you know, guys, once you throw that away, you throw it in the trash, it's no longer yours. They collect it and they run it. But, you know, it just seems like they were sitting on top of this. And they probably known for a while, I would imagine. But they had a lot. This this, side, this biological material is very, very dense. So it took them a, a bit of time to kind of work out the profiles in this. But it would seem this, along with some other some other forensic evidence, it's going to come to light. I think we're going to hear about it in the next couple of days. Uh, I think that's that's what they've used to identify the scope. So, first of all, thanks for coming on again. Uh, we got great feedback. Uh, Joseph Scott Morgan. Um, when you see, it appears that this guy, this suspect, was basically getting a Ph.D., in forensics mm-hmm. and therefore may have been almost training to be a serial killer yeah. or have been driven into a life of uh, the potential crime based on this attraction to a dark side in some way. Would that help to explain maybe the difficulties that have initially ensued that this guy was basically aware of some of the criminal procedures that would be undertaken? In yeah. other words, for people like in your world of forensics, you probably would be way better at committing a crime because you know how people have gotten caught. Does it surprise right. you that the guy would maybe be coming out of this study and this field? As a, For people who don't know, he's uh, purportedly a suspect, a Washington State grad student basically getting a doctorate in criminology and forensics. Yeah, well, yeah. let me draw a fine line here because it's in criminology. And, you know, there's, there's, there's this idea that's kind of floating around out there that the criminology people and the forensics people are the same and we're not at all. And, you know, he, he's more of a behaviorist. That's kind of what he was studying. Okay. Even when he was at the sales, you know, yeah, he, he knows something about behavior, but keep in mind, you know, in all of these academic institutions like this, they're, they're a theoretical environment. Okay. In forensics, we're an applied environment. You know, even the university I teach yeah. that, we're, we teach applied forensics, and that is 
you know, you go from A to Z in a process, a process in a scene. He does not have that kind of background. Now, he's, he has a morbid curiosity, I think, and criminal behavior, the criminal mind, all these sorts of things. And I'm sure he's watched plenty of television. He's probably fascinated by all of this and how, how bad guys' minds kind of work. But he does not know the nuts and bolts of forensic science. And, you know, if he went in prepared to do something, if the subject went in, the accused went in to do something, he's always going to miss something, trust me. Because, again, there's so much physical evidence here, and we have ways in my field, my colleagues, of kind of rooting out at a molecular level these things that are specific tiebacks to any individual that was in that environment. Basically, you told us, you said, sorry to cut you off, but you were like, anytime you do anything, you leave a trace behind. That's kind of the the, the Bible of forensics, right? So that even if you were a genius criminal, it's impossible to have a quote-unquote perfect crime scene, right? Because there's always something that's being left behind. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, there, you know, there, there is no perfect crime. There, there is absolutely not because there's always a human factor in it. And it, it might be our, our own, you know, self-love, uh, our, our desire, our, our lack of focus that's going to trip us up. Look, science will always <laughs> – Science will always catch you in the end because it's an absolute. When you begin to talk about numbers and all these, it's not a theoretical kind of construct. We're basing things on numbers. Do they add up? And, you know, when you start to get out into the areas of DNA, you know, we're talking about one in a million, one one in 10 billion, you know, dependent upon what kind of sample you have, how it's been run. This is not even it's, – it's, it's more accurate than even fingerprints, if you will. And certainly back in the days when we were just using, relying on things like blood typing, you know, the rarest blood is like an AV neg, I think, and that's like one in 240 people. You know, now you're into the one and some odd billion, okay? So that kind of, when you start going against those numbers and you look at that and the ability of the people that are working the field now, it's a tough mountain to climb, guys. Joseph Scott Morgan, Distinguished Scholar of Applied Forensics. You can listen to his podcast on iHeart, the Body Bags podcast. Uh, Joseph, as this continues to play out, we'll have you back. Thanks for being with us. Please do, guys. Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, sir. You too. My Pillow is excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. They've worked hard to make this happen in time for the holidays, the cold weather, and the reaction has been tremendous. You made the slippers, get this, the number one selling My Pillow product once before. I think it's going to happen again. These are $149 slippers that are now on sale for less than 50 bucks a pair. Save $90 on each pair when you go online to MyPillow.com and use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. These My Slippers have a patented exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. It helps relieve stress on your feet, whether you're wearing them indoors or outdoors. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's square, and you'll save $90 off the original My Slippers. Enter promo code Clay and Buck when you go to MyPillow.com, or if you want to just call this phone number, it's easy. 800-792-3269. I've got the my slippers. Clay's got them. His whole family's got them. They're amazing. 800-792-3269. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only.
Welcome back. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts back in play travis buck sexton show as the drama continues surrounding who is going to be the speaker, um, there are a uh, – we, we should mention this story as well. Um, Buck, I was watching Monday Night Football last night. I presume that you were not, which I think is a good bet, generally speaking. Uh, the Bengals are playing against the Bills, and uh, a player – 24-year-old safety DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills collapsed after making a tackle. He is right now in uh, the critical care unit at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. I'm reading from Nicole Sapphire, uh, who says, The Bills have given an update on Hamlin's condition. DeMar Hamlin spent last night in the intensive care unit, remains there today, in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Now, news also just came down that there is not going to be a um, uh, a resumption of this game. They were about five minutes in. Some of you may have seen I was on Fox News last night uh, live for some time. I talked about it again this morning. We've never seen anybody collapse like this uh, on the football field. Buck, it's turned into a major controversy. Let me say one positive, which I think is really what I love about sports. Uh, Buck, uh, DeMar, uh, uh, DeMar Hamlin had a charity where he was raising money for kids 
so they could get toys for uh, Christmas, underprivileged kids in the Pittsburgh area. His initial goal was to raise $2,500. Just think about how great of a story this is. The reaction, so many people out there, when a story like this happens, it's, it's, you know, when someone in your community is ill or, or, or sick or, or dies or one of the first things a lot of people do is say, Hey, I'm just going to take a meal to the house. It's a small thing. Doesn't change the tragedy, but it's just showing that you care. It's extending a hand of kindness. This is incredible. $2,500 goal for these kids, uh, presents for this charity from, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Buck, they now have raised $4.25 million for his charity, for kids to get Christmas presents. 157,000 people have donated money. I am glad to be one of them. If you are interested in donating yourself, I shared this link. You can go find it on my Twitter page. Just scroll down a bit, uh, at Clay Travis. But, Buck, this rapidly spiraled into a mess um, we obviously at OutKick cover this. This is a story without precedent. A uh, player goes into cardiac arrest on the field, basically had to be resuscitated, is in critical condition right now. What exactly caused this, we don't know. There is a condition that has happened before where if you happen to get hit basically right in your heart, uh, it's happened in the NHL, um, then you can have your heart stop beating and it is very rare. Sometimes it happens with kids. They get hit by a baseball. Exceedingly rare. There will be certainly an investigation into what happened here. Right. But it rapidly turned into a crazy mess, which is where it is right now. What you were mentioning there uh, is commotio cordis. That's right. That's what everyone on the medical side has been comfortable raising, at least as a possibility here. I understand, uh, I think everyone understands that really the, the the first priority, the only priority is hoping for a quick uh, recovery for DeMar Hamlin while we still don't know where this goes. Uh, he's in, he, his vital signs are stable, I think, as we speak right now, but he's still in, in critical condition. So anytime somebody has a cardiac incident like this, there's going to be, there's still a lot of tests they have to run, a lot of things they have to look at to figure out if there's any additional damage and, and where things stand overall from a health standpoint. Uh, I think it is it is indicative of this moment um, in the way people feel, though, about uh, health authorities and the health system that it immediately breaks down into uh, acrimony, that there's yes. already this, you know, there are people saying, if you even raise uh, the possibility that this is related to vaccines. You should be booted off of Twitter forever and Facebook, and you should be fired from your job and all of this. I, I understand there are a lot of people who are very frustrated out there by the fact that um, there's this desire in the system to tell you what you can and can't speak about, even after the system has been so demonstrably and horrifically wrong for two years. The the so-called medical consensus uh, that is out there. And this is just something that we've been warning about for a long time, which is that when you have the abject politicization of of COVID that occurred, and this was pushed by Democrats, and this is whether it's masks or vaccines or anything else, this became an identity issue for the left and for the Democrat Party in America. And when a, a majority, certainly, of outspoken 
medical uh, professionals and public health experts go along with that politicization, there are consequences to public trust and the public's willingness, at least among those who are independent thinkers, to just sit down, shut up, and believe whatever you're told. And I, I think this is a long, this is going to be a, uh, there's a long tail to this. This is going to be something that continues to play out in a number of ways. And so that th- this incident for a lot of people uh, was one of these moments where you saw this dynamic immediately play out. But I, I understand for a lot of folks, it's just, hold on a second, let's just focus on DeMar Hamlin getting healthy, getting, getting uh, you know, a clean or getting basically the okay sign from his doctors before it immediately turns into politics. But Clay, we know that's not, there's a mass shooting. It becomes political right away. These incidents are going to be politicized right away. I think social media can be both good and bad in that context. And the positive, as I said, is, Hey, how about the fact that 150 some odd thousand people, strangers decided to donate $4.2 million to do basically what, I think most humans do in the face of tragedy. They think, hey, let's try to make this better. There is simultaneously, Buck, and we see this, and I think you're right exactly about that. Social media accelerates so that incident happens, and the Internet, I've been arguing this for years, the Internet's basically a big blame factory. Bad thing happens. doesn't matter what it is. Bad thing happens, and immediately... Everybody has to assess who is to blame for bad thing happening. Sometimes bad things just happen, right? Like this this on-the-field incident, that that's awful. But it's part of the game. Like we haven't seen this necessarily, but bad thing happens, and then immediately it's like, oh, the NFL didn't cancel the game quick enough. Or Skip Bayless, who works at Fox Sports, sent a tweet that wasn't uh, appropriate given the scenario that we're under, and so everybody needs to be angry at someone. Well, there's there's always the the um, the internet mob. Oh yeah, first and foremost refuses to give anyone any any grace or benefit of the doubt because that doesn't serve their emotional needs in the moment. The emotional need in the moment that and not just on this issue on any issue that you see from the internet mob is always to find as, as you put it uh, the, the blame. Yeah. to disperse on on anyone at any point in time. So that's just the reality of of modern commentary and the sharing of information that we all live with is a shame. Uh, I do think it's important that we can look at people's desire to be kind, be helpful, you know, put up thoughts and prayers for DeMar Hamlin and and his family to do something good in his name and and again he's hopefully going to make a, a full recovery as we right. talk right here it's it's i think likely that he will I, I don't know i'm not a doctor but based on what we're reading in the news reports it seems like he's going to be uh okay which would be the outcome that everybody wants but see that's the thing that is the outcome that everybody wants here right the the, the the assumption that because somebody wants to have a discussion about hold on are we being told the whole truth about what happened here to DeMar Hamblin? People, there's a lot of it out there, a lot of commentary. That's not the same thing as somebody who does not wish him and his family well, and I think that's a jump that a lot of people immediately make. As in, if you're on the wrong side of this political discussion, you're essentially inhumane and don't care about, because we see we see this with uh, DeMar Hamblin and his family. We also see this, as I said, with mass shootings. When you talk, if, if you start talking about a mass shooting, what does one side of it always say right away? You don't care about 
you know, the the people or even the children who well, were killed in this we incident. We saw it with COVID. It's unfair. Like, we saw it with COVID. Like, if you said, hey, I want kids to be in school, you wanted grandmas to die. No, no, no. That's why I always used to start off my show by saying, hey, I'm anti-death. I wish we could all be immortal. Uh, I, I don't want anybody's family members to ever. I don't want to die. I'd like to live theoretically forever on Earth. I'd like to stay relatively young. There are lots of things I would like to do that I can't. But this also turned into how dare you share the video of of the which we need to talk about when we come I, back. I still I, yes, I still haven't. So yeah, I, I wasn't watching Monday Night Football, which is as you said a fair bet. Uh, I don't watch Monday Night Football. Yeah, and uh, I, I still haven't seen the video of this. And I I do think that we have to understand in an era of censorship based upon ideology, the the idea that we could start to remove things that are clearly news. Yes. And that are that are um, the actuality, the, the evidentiary basis for news from the public sphere because it's uncomfortable, because it's. You know, there's there's an on look. I get it. They'll blur some, if there's a horrible video that show, shows a shooting. They'll do some blurring, and but they don't pull it off the internet. And there seems to be, you know, there's a difference between uh, limiting, I think, the graphic nature of something and just saying no one is allowed to see what happened here on full public display with tens of millions of people watching in the first place. Which is I, I, why when we come back, we'll talk about this because we had to make an editorial decision on this buck um, at OutKick, you know, a company that I run. And as soon as it happened, uh, to our credit, our OutKick uh, team put up a video of the incident, of the collapse. Here's the hit. Here's what happened. Because, yes, while there may have been tens of millions of people watching this game, there were hundreds of millions who were right. not and would care about what might happen. We'll come back into this uh, in, in a moment. And also, I want to note for everyone that I, th I think we said at the top of the show that there has been a, an arrest made a few days ago of the quadruple murder in Moscow, Idaho, that I know Clay spent a lot of time with you on that story before the Christmas break. And we had talked about it previously on this show. We had Nancy Grace on to talk about it. Um, we will have that forensics uh, expert back on in the third hour to talk about what we believe or what he believes led to this arrest and the strength of the evidence against that individual because a whole country was, uh, anyone paying attention to the news was certainly seeing and, and, and learning about that, uh, horrific, um, horrific quadruple murder that occurred in uh, Moscow, Idaho. So we'll come back in the third hour and we will certainly have an updated discussion on that one. Rising inflation, a volatile stock market, wreaking havoc on your retirement accounts. You see all the economic uncertainty. You know we are probably in a really rough year here in 2023. That's why Phoenix Capital suggests you diversify your investments. They're introducing investors to high-value oil and gas investments here in the U.S. with current yields which range from 8% to 11% APY paid monthly. These are corporate bond offerings, and they're open to all investors with annual interest paid monthly. Phoenix Capital Group offers live webinars to learn about Phoenix's business structure, the ways they offer security for the offerings, the risks, and their financials. They host live Q&As where they'll answer all your questions. Sign up at investingwithphx.com or call 323-PHOENIX. Investment in bonds has a certain risk, and before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Sign up today at investingwithphx.com. That's investing with phx.com or call 323 Phoenix to connect. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day.
The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another Round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.